Welcome to episode 31 of the Mayberry Devotional, entitled, Share and Share Alike. In today's episode, I'm going to take a look at episode 28 of the Andy Griffith Show, Andy Forecloses, and I'll use scripture from Luke 3.11. The episode starts off with Andy and Barney in the courthouse. The attention turns to the ticket book that Barney has and how quickly he hides the book and doesn't want Andy to see it. After Andy is finally able to see it, he notices a telephone number from Juanita down at the Junction Cafe. Barney informs Andy that, you know, he likes to call and check up on her every so often because the Junction Cafe has some tough characters. Barney then makes a mistake of telling Andy that he does a trouble check on her just to make sure everything is okay. When Andy finds out that Barney hasn't trouble checked that day, Andy makes a call to have Barney check up on Juanita. After Barney gets off the phone, Ben Weaver comes into the courthouse with the news that he wants a foreclosure notice served on the Scobies. Andy then goes to visit Lester to find out that he can't find a job but he has been working some odd jobs to get some money. Andy finds out the amount that Lester owes for his monthly payment that he's missed, and he and Barney come together to make the payment for the Scobies. When Ben comes into the courthouse and he's presented with a monthly payment, Ben refuses it and tells Andy that he wants the entire balance of the house, $780. After Ben leaves, Barney comes up with an idea to start a fund to save the Scobies' house. Andy gets on board with the idea, and when Aunt B comes in, she's excited about raising money, even though she doesn't even know what for. Later at the courthouse, Andy has another encounter with Ben concerning Andy not serving the foreclosure papers, to which Andy informs Ben that he forgot to pay the $2 registration fee. Andy then takes the forms to the Scobie house and, in an attempt to slow the process, informs Lester that he doesn't have time to explain the foreclosure papers to Lester as the renters are supposed to understand the full process. Back at the courthouse, we see a full-blown rummage sale with the courthouse packed with people looking to get a bargain and to help with the Scobies. Ben Weaver comes by and informs Andy that Lester has been made aware of all the information in the foreclosure papers. Andy then wonders if Ben really sees how strict and mean he is being and tries a little reverse psychology. Ben and Andy go to the Scobies' house the next day and Andy is strict about making the Scobies leave as soon as possible. He won't let Helen pack her dishes. He won't let Lester remove a cupboard on the wall that was Helen's family's. And he keeps pushing Lester and Helen to the point that Helen even breaks down crying. Ben realizes just how much the foreclosure is going to hurt the Scobies, and he puts a stop to it. When Andy returns Lester's glasses, he and his wife both realize exactly why Andy was being so stern. It was to show Ben just how mean he was being. The epilogue shows Ben at the courthouse with Andy, getting ready to go fishing. Andy suggests bringing Lester along, but Ben doesn't want to. Finally admits that he had to give Lester a job to help him pay his mortgage. Barney then decides to stay back and do some work, which is actually his plan, so he can call and talk to Juanita. The last piece of the episode we see is Barney seeing Juanita while Andy sneaks back in, catches him, and then embarrasses him by joining in on the singing. The part of the episode I want to look at as an illustration is when the community comes together to raise money to help the Scobies. Once Ben tells Andy and Barney that the full mortgage payment is due and not just the one missed month, Barney takes action. He gets extra money that has hidden in his holster and he starts to increase the funds for the Scobies. Andy gets Aunt B excited about raising money and he leaves the courthouse and she realizes she doesn't even know what they're raising money for. Obi gets involved in donating to the rummage sale by donating some things that he thinks will bring a lot of money. But it ends up being mostly just junk. Once the rummage sale begins in the courthouse, it's obvious that many people have given to help raise money, and by looking at the crowd in the courthouse, it's obvious that people are also coming by not only to get a bargain, but to help out with the fundraiser. When this little community realized that one of their own was in need, they all come together to fill that need. 
In Luke chapter 3, we read about John the Baptist. John was a precursor to Jesus Christ and a relative of Jesus also. John preached of one who was coming who would be mightier than him, and this one would save his people. The scripture I want to reference comes from the same book of Luke in verse 11. The New American Standard Bible words it this way, And he would answer and say to them, The man who has two tunics is to share with him who has none, and he who has food is to do likewise. Previous to this verse, John has been preaching repentance and how the works that need to go along with repentance. Now, to be clear, John isn't saying that works leads to salvation. John is saying that once you are saved, you need to do works. The same thing as James writes in his epistle. John is simply saying that we should care for our fellow man. If we have an abundance, then we need to give to those who are in need. In episode 8 of the Mayberry Devotional, I entitled it, Give Till It Hurts, which I talked about how people use that saying quite a bit. Now, I don't know about you, but when something starts hurting, I tend to quit. But if I enjoy something, I have a tendency to do more of it. Would you rather give because it hurts, or would you rather give because it makes you feel good? I believe the people of Mayberry gave because it made them feel good. It made them feel so good to help out a fellow Mayberryan because they probably knew that if they were in the same situation, that the Scobies would be there to help them out if they could. I'm sure we've all helped out when we know somebody is struggling. But have you ever sought out somebody to help? If you can, do it and do it without them knowing. It's so much better. I'll conclude with a story of an old Christian widow who had an atheist neighbor. One month, she got low on groceries, and so she prayed for God to give her some food. Her atheist neighbor heard her praying, so he went to the store and bought her some groceries. He then rang the doorbell and went to hide behind some bushes. When she opened the door, she saw all the groceries, and she started praising God and thanking Him for what He provided. Just then, the atheist neighbor came out from behind the bushes, and he laughed at her, and he teased her, and he said that it wasn't God who answered her prayers. It was Him who bought the food. She lifted her arms even higher to heaven again, and she exclaimed, God, thank you for providing me with the food, and thank you for making the devil pay for it. So I hope you enjoyed that story, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Maybury Devotional. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and leave me a rating or a comment. I'd appreciate it. Join me next week on the Maybury Devotionals. We'll be looking at covering episode 29, Quiet Sam. Until then, thanks for listening.